Dissonance Media and the Other Stories presents Step into the abyss of After the Gloaming, a gothic fiction podcast that delves into the depths of human emotion, unyielding love, revenge, internal struggles, and restless souls await you in nine haunting episodes where dread, fear, and rare glimpses of eerie happiness linger. Dare to listen on your favourite podcatcher? After the gloaming beckons, search now, but beware, innocence will be left behind. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. These aren't the stories your mother told you. No, these are the other stories. (laughs) (laughs) Fold. Written by Matthew Stott. Narrated by Ian McEwan. Abigail first saw the strange creature hiding behind the wheelie bins. It was small and spindly with grey, damp flesh and looked like something that might come darting out of a dank basement corner if you were to poke a stick into it. Herfold, said Dad, laying down his cards with a sigh. You saw what, honey? asked Mum, her eyes not leaving her own cards. I dunno, replied Abigail. Not exactly. It was sort of odd and disgusting. When it saw I'd noticed it, the thing ducked out of sight. Probably a stray cat, or a rat, said Dad. Rats often hide behind bins, known for it, famous even. No, it didn't look like a rat to me. It looked like... Well, it didn't look like anything I've ever seen. Did you put the recycling into the bin? asked Mum. Yes. 
good girl. That night, as she lay in the dark, and the wind threw rain against her bedroom window as though it were trying to shatter the glass, Abigail felt small, wet fingers begin to trace the lines of her face. She balled her fists to her chest and squeezed her eyes so tight that the black turned red. The thin fingers stroked her jawline and tickled like feathers across her forehead. As they ran across her skin, the fingers left behind a frosty reminder, a slug-slime trail that chilled her flesh. I'm just dreaming, said Abigail. An awful, paralyzing sort of dark dream, that's all. She knew it wasn't true, knew that she was not asleep, dreaming of darkness, but she thought it might make her feel better to say it out loud. It did not. As she spoke, the fingers found her lips and began to creep into her mouth, teasing at her tongue. Abigail held her breath and tried not to gag. After what felt like hours, but may have only been seconds, the small fingers retreated and she heard the sound of footsteps scraping across the wooden floorboards and out of the room. She counted to 753, then went to the bathroom to wash her face and swill her mouth. Monsters aren't real, honey. Just you remember that, said Mum the next morning as Abigail doused her cereal liberally with milk. She's right, agreed Dad through a mouthful of bran flakes. Apart from the Yeti, of course. I saw a video on YouTube about it. On the second night, Abigail made sure her window was tightly shut and she turned the large brass key in the door to prevent anything from gaining access. But still, the creature found its way inside. She shuddered in the inky black as the fingers began to snake through her hair, twisting and winding her locks. Please... Go away, she said with a stuttering whisper. This is my room and my hair. Please just go away. The fingers gripped tight and yanked, tearing out a chunk of her hair to have as its own. Abigail screamed and ran for the door, shaking the handle, confused for a moment as to why it refused to let her leave. Then she remembered, turned the key, threw open the door, and ran for her parents' bedroom. Something entered your room and pulled some of your hair out? asked Mum. Abigail nodded, blinking back a hot prickle of tears. Even though you'd locked the door? asked Dad tapping a contemplative finger upon his chin. Abigail nodded once more. 
Very strange, that is. Very strange. And odd, too. Sounds like you had a nightmare to me, little one, said Mum, cradling Abigail in her warm arms. I was about to say that, said Dad. Very much like a nightmare. Rotten things, nightmares. There, there, never fear, said Mum, rocking Abigail back and forth. Nightmares can't hurt you when you're awake. Abigail knew it was no good. Her parents were not going to believe her. And why should they? She may have been young, but even she knew that monsters weren't supposed to be real. She would need to provide evidence of some sort, and so she collected an old camera from her dad's office and began to carry it with her at all times. It was the next day, whilst walking through Caster's Wood on her way home from school, that Abigail would have her fourth encounter. The camera swung back and forth on its leather strap around Abigail's neck as she walked across a carpet of autumn leaves. Whilst she walked, she whistled a made-up tune to keep herself company. The creature was larger now, perhaps the size of a toddler, and its skin had more pink to its tone. It had the beginning of features... Two hollows where eyes might be, a raw slit where you would expect a mouth. It crept from tree to tree, always a few meters behind her. Abigail stopped and turned, trying to pretend she was very brave and not at all scared. What are you? As she spoke, Abigail noticed with some amount of horror that the thing still had the hair it had ripped from her scalp gripped tightly between its fingers. It lifted the hair to its painful slit of a mouth and swallowed it down. As it swallowed, its back cracked and arched like a cat's and its limbs began to somehow fold out and out and then stretch until they were out of all proportion to its still small torso. It staggered and twitched out of the tree line and fell to its knees upon the crisp fallen leaves. Shaking, Abigail lifted her camera and looked through the viewfinder. As she moved her hand, ready to take the photograph, the creature extended one index finger, a fingernail sprouting forth from the end. It placed the sharp nail to its left eye hollow and dragged it across tearing the flesh. The action caused black liquid to ooze from the fresh wound. The beast tipped back its head and cried high and piercing through its ragged maw, a cloud of birds exploding from their treetop hiding place in response. 
Abigail backed away, all thought of taking a picture now gone, as the creature repeated the action with its right eye hollow. The two tears it had created peeled back to reveal eyeballs that darted back and forth wildly before settling on Abigail. She dropped the camera to the dirt and ran. A what? Can you repeat that? After she had finally stopped running, but was still very much out of breath, she had found herself in front of a police officer. A monster! It's all disgusting, and it ate my hair, and opened its eyes, and... I think it wants to do something worse than awful to me. A man who looked like a monster? Was he a tramp, perhaps? They can look a bit monstrous in the right light, with their big, unkempt beards and torn clothes. No, it wasn't a man. It wasn't a person of any kind. I see. You're sure? The officer scribbled down everything she said into his notepad, but Abigail knew he was just doing so to appease her. He didn't believe in monsters. I almost got proof, said Abigail to her parents over plates piled high with sausage and mash. Proof, said Dad. Proof about what? asked Mum. About the creature, the monster. Oh, yes, your bad dream monster, said Mum. No, it's not just a bad dream. Honestly, it isn't. It was following me through the woods earlier, only now it looks different. I nearly took a photograph of it, but then, well... Then I didn't. Her parents looked at each other and sighed. You have to believe me. I'm in just terrible danger. I know it. Come along now, Abigail Green. Myself and your dad enjoy a fanciful tale as much as the next person, but it's about time you stopped. I'm not being fanciful. Why can't you just believe me? On the third night, Abigail waited for the creature to return. She kept her bedroom light on and sat cross-legged upon her covers, a hockey stick in hand. If the beast came back, she would bash it around the head and yell for her dad to come and sort the thing out. Then he would see. Mum, too. They'd see the monster was real, and they'd call the police, and the police would come, and they would see it was real. That she wasn't just a daft little thing making up daft little stories. And so, Abigail waited. And waited. And waited some more. Her eyes drooped then snapped open over and over as sleep fought to claim her. Finally, 
Daylight began to weave exploratory fingers through the gap in the bedroom curtains, and so Abigail stood and yawned. No monster that night. Perhaps it had moved on. Leaving the hockey stick behind on her bed, Abigail left her bedroom and walked in a semi-comatose fog towards the bathroom. She turned the tap hard so the cold exploded and ducked down to throw water in her tired face. Dabbing her skin dry, she wondered if that really would be the end, or would the monster come that night instead? Did it know when she was in bed and when she was waiting, weapon in hand? Is that the sort of thing a monster could just know? Yes, some monsters, said a voice Abigail recognized. She recognized the voice as it sounded just like her own. She turned to see her mirror image stood in the open bathroom doorway. Hello, monster, said Abigail, for she knew with a clear certainty that what she was looking at was indeed the same creature that had been following her. It had watched, and it had grown, and it had eaten from her, and now here it was, fully grown into an exact likeness of Abigail herself. What are you? She asked, the cold sink pressing into the small of her back. Me? Well, I'm Abigail. Can't you see? Don't you know it to be true? Abigail shook her head. No, you're not. I'm Abigail. The monster shrugged. Not anymore. Things change. Life goes on. No point crying over spilt milk. Abigail's stomach churned as the deep-down fear ran riot. Tell me what you are! The monster frowned. Everyone has another them. Another them waiting and watching for their moment. And then, sometimes, just sometimes... The other you becomes the real you, and the old you becomes, well, becomes nothing much at all. Abigail shook her head. No, no, you can't do this! I can, it replied. I have. But someone will know! They'll know it's not really me anymore, and they'll stop you! You'll see! Oh, you think so? Of course! said Abigail. People will know it's not me! My family will know! Your family? Yes! said Abigail. My family will know. They'll see, and they'll just know. They will. Well, honeybug, said Mum, stepping into the bathroom. You didn't notice with me. Nor now I come to think of it with me, said Dad, leaning in behind her. The world twisted, and Abigail feared she might fall through the floor. 
don't understand this. You're lying. You must be. Dad looked to the other Abigail and said a single word. Fold. Abigail looked for somewhere to run, somewhere to hide, but found neither. Please, don't, she said as the new her approached, hands outstretched. Hush now, said the monster, and then she took the old Abigail into her hands as though she weighed nothing and folded once and twice and then folded some more over and over. Clean, neat folds until there was nothing left to fold and all that was left in the bathroom Dad, Mum, and Abigail Green. The new Abigail Green. The only Abigail Green. Well, I think that just about makes it breakfast time, said Dad. And the family of three left the bathroom and headed downstairs to eat. hope you enjoyed this episode of The Other Stories. Fold was written by Matthew Stott, narrated by Ian McEwen, edited by Carl Hughes with music by Nayo Sakamata and Tom Robson. Our first Kickstarter is alive. We're crowdfunding our first comic book about the post-apocalyptic luchador El Marvo, and you can grab the entire first issue for $1. If that's your kind of thing, go to www.hawkandcleaver.com forward slash kickstarter to be redirected. Also, if you're a fan of the show and you want to support the creators, then why not become a patron over at patreon.com forward slash hawk and cleaver. You can support the show from as little as a dollar a month. That's less than the price of a cup of coffee. And you'll get special ad-free early access to episodes, Q&As with the creators, and even a special bonus episode produced just for the patrons. Until next time. 